Welcome everyone to episode seven of Buzz IT Talk, the podcast where we talk buzzwords and the latest trends within the tech industry with the goal of helping businesses and decision makers go beyond the buzz. This is your host, David Weaver. I recently had a great conversation with Russell Olinger, CEO of Whipster, which is a service that allows rideshares to compare fares, arrival times, and availability of rideshare options all in one app. We started this conversation again with the buzzer beater round as an icebreaker and quickly moved into the topic at hand, which was ride sharing. We got into some details about what ride sharing is and how the industry is developing. And we also talked about how ride sharing is much bigger than the two companies that come to mind, Uber and Lyft, when the topic is being discussed. And after that, we um, got into some more details about the role Whipster is playing in the ride-sharing industry, and Russell also provided some great insights into what it takes to launch a successful app. As always, we ended the interview with a look into what the future may hold for the ride-sharing industry. And all in all, Russell provides some great insights into the ride-sharing industry, and I would like to thank Alexandra Wilkinson, a member of my LinkedIn network, for connecting me with Russell and suggesting the topic of ride-sharing for the show. So now, without further ado, here is my interview with Russell Olinger. So today we're going to be discussing how technology is helping people get around. How today's tech is enabling millions of people to use various means of transportation in a more efficient and sustainable way. Specifically, there is a lot of buzz around the topic of ride sharing. This is in part due to major players in the space making headlines seemingly on a daily basis, both negative and positive headlines. But in any event, companies such as Uber and Lyft and several others have really pushed the ride-sharing concept into cities across the globe with uh, one of the largest markets being uh, the United States. I've actually never used a ride-sharing app, so I am set to learn a lot today, both on the tech side as well as from a user experience standpoint, and I'm sure I will also learn a lot about the ride-sharing market as a whole because I have Russell Olinger, CEO of Whipster, with me on the show. Welcome to Buzz IT Talk, Russell. Uh, thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, and thank you for taking the time. Um, before we jump uh, into the buzzer beater round, just give me a quick elevator pitch for what you were doing at Whipster. Well, essentially, Whipster, uh, in a the very high-level view, is we are the Trivago, the kayak, of rideshare industry. So we aggregate all rideshare options, taxicab options uh, into our platform, as you would expect travel industry or airlines or hotels on any of those uh, aggregation uh, tra um, travel uh, websites mm -hmm. like Expedia or Travelocity. We also uh, incorporate bike shares across multiple cities across the country and public transit options and routes and directions in over 400 cities and markets across the North America. Okay. Cool. So we'll get into more details of your app, um, how it's working and things like that a bit later. So, but right now it's time for the buzzer beater round, which um, introduces the audience to my guests uh, in a quick manner. And it's a bit of an icebreaker. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a series of five either or questions. Um, an example from the previous episode was PC or Mac. And then you just say which one you would prefer. Um, and the questions okay. are mostly relating to today's tech buzzwords. Um, some are also just icebreakers. Um, 
But in any event, you'll have 15 seconds to answer the five questions. Do you feel up to the challenge? Let's give it a go. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'll start the clock on my first question. Netflix or book? Netflix. If you could time travel, future or past? Future. Manned or unmanned autonomous vehicle? Manned. Driver or passenger? Driver. We missed the 15 seconds. I'm still going to ask the last question. Very relevant for our conversation. Uber or Lyft? Ah, 50-50. <laughs> I knew it would be a, a tough one. But um, thanks for playing along. I'm interested. Uh, what are you watching right now on Netflix? <laughs> Oh, uh, nothing specific. Uh, I'm more of a movie guy. Movie. Uh, okay. My fiance, she's a, um, a TV show, you know, kind of marathon girl. Yeah. I prefer when I take a break. I like two hours of just movies, sit yeah. down, be entertained, and 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 walk away. I don't want to get hooked into anything that's going to keep me coming back to. Yeah. Sit on a couch and waste my time in front of the boob tube. Right. Um. And so you were on the manned uh, vehicle. Uh side have you ridden in a autonomous in any way vehicle before or i have not but my answer to that question is actually it's been thought out as a part of the industry that we're in one of the things i see the trends in autonomous vehicles is i i i I see it as something that is eventually going to happen as technology is taking us in that direction Mm -hmm. i just don't see it happening in the time span that a lot of the industry and analysts are expecting it to because they're saying five years to ten years but there is an element about being in an Uber or a taxi that most people are, analysts are kind of overlooking, in my opinion. Mm. And that is the human connection. Just as you would go to a bar or to a restaurant and you're engaging with a bartender, having a drink or a cocktail and interacting, that social element is also a part of the rideshare experience. Yeah. It's a part of talking to your driver, getting information and little anecdotal stories about where you're going to. Mm-hmm. You're not going to ever get that from an autonomous car. Right. So the social element is removed. And I think there's a lot of people that really like the ride share or taking taxes because of that social interaction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very interesting stuff. Thanks for sharing. Um, maybe back to um, your background, your professional journey up until this point, including how the idea came about for Whipster maybe. Sure. I've got uh, nearly 30 years now of IT uh, professional experience. And I started out in networking and migrated into security. And then over the years, taught myself programming for DevOps. It's kind of automation of big corporate environments to automate their IT uh, systems. And then I moved into app development as well. So I've got a very robust uh, and expansive set of IT skills as uh and a very lengthy period of time. And uh, so it was my programming ability that made me be able to identify seeing opportunities uh, to, to develop an app like we've created for Whipster. Mm-hmm. And the idea was actually spawned a few years ago. Uh, I used to live in Los Angeles. I now reside in the, the business now resides in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I traveled back to LA a few years ago to attend a, a, a friend's wedding and other friends of mine, we were all staying in the same hotel down in the lobby trying to get a ride to go to the ceremony for the event, for the, for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And literally one of my friends said, hey, why don't you bring up Lyft? I will bring up Uber. 
And to our third friend, said, why don't you try and find a taxi and see which will get here first to pick us up? Mm-hmm. And as we all set to our individual tasks to do that, we kind of just jokingly said, wouldn't it be great if all of this was this conveniently in one app? Yeah. And that's how the idea was spawned. And it made me realize that as the rideshare is becoming more prolific around the country and the globe, that there's going to be more and more rideshare options, more and more ground transportation options. And there needs to be a platform that aggregates that all into a single view so users can price, compare uh, on the fares, ETAs, availability of service, et cetera, uh, all in one view, and then be able to make the, the choice that suits them best on the mm-hmm. type of ride or transportation, uh, transportation method that they want to use. Okay. Very interesting stuff. Um, let's maybe if we can start with a few of the basics for ride sharing. What is ride sharing and what are the differences compared to car sharing and carpooling? Well, ride sharing uh, is essentially is a, I look at it as a morph, morphing of the 100 year old monopoly taxi cab system. Okay. Where essentially you're paying somebody for a ride. But unfortunately, because the way taxi cabs have evolved, in most countries, uh, over the last hundred years, it's been a very stagnant industry, and since there's been no innovation. Mm-hmm. Ride shares have come along with companies like Uber, Lyft, and overseas, and uh, you have Ola, and uh, Git, and Grab, or a few of the other ones over in Asia. And they've come along and have turned the concept upside down to revolutionize uh, transportation in urban areas uh, and kind of give it a facelift bringing technology to the driver as well as to the consumer to be able to get their ride faster and be accountable for it and pay for it with an, with a recorded credit card versus uh, cash mm-hmm. uh, out of pocket. And it's streamlined the process, and it's revolutionized the taxicab industry. Uh, so that is, that, that's ride share in a nutshell, mm-hmm. but essentially it's, it's made it more efficient. It's made it more accountable. Right. Both from a, a a municipality standpoint as well as from a driver standpoint, uh, the companies that run the transportation as well as accountability for the consumers themselves. Okay, so if you had to um, give a state of the ride sharing industry speech, I'm just for the U.S. market, what are some of the details you would include? A single statement would be an emerging industry that is still finding its way. Okay. Uh, if you think about it, you have just six years ago, in 2012, the first ride shares were officially offered from Uber, and I think half a year later, a year later than that, was Lyft. Mm-hmm. So the industry has really only been around the last five or six years. It has exploded, and within that short period of time, it has turned the taxicab industry upside down where at least domestically, the ride industry has almost caught up in terms of revenues to the taxicab industry that's been there again, you know, 100 years. Right. So they are stealing that market share from the traditional taxicab, and more and more people are shying away from that because it is faster, it is more efficient, it is cheaper. And again, that accountability. Uh, so they're, they're stealing away from it. But at the same time, as it is, it is rapidly exploding, there's a lot of volatility in terms of What's going to happen next? Who are the winners and the movers and the shakers that are going to win in this industry? Mm-hmm. In the United States, North America alone, just six years ago, it was Uber and Lyft. Now there are over 40 rideshare companies across North America. 
So what is probably going to end up happening, and, and then also back to the earlier uh, questions you were asking about autonomous vehicles, how are they going to play into the rideshare evolution? And it's probably going to be another five or six years before the industry starts to stabilize and you find out who the one that dust settles, how many players are left, how many have consolidated, how many may have gone out of business. But ultimately, you're probably going to end up with 15 to 20 stable nationwide uh, vendors mm -hmm. that will be available in most markets. Okay. And on the topic of stability, has, has the industry, I know it's young, as you mentioned, has it been, though, established enough to... Um, a point where you would feel comfortable getting rid of your car or you would advise someone, hey, you can get rid of your car and, and take up ride sharing? Uh, it makes sense in certain markets and mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense in other markets. Uh, in Tampa, where I live and where our company is based, uh, ride share is a convenient uh, service within the, within the town. Uh, in New York City, it could very well replace your car, where most mm -hmm. people don't even have cars already because it's too expensive to own a car in that area. Okay. And in, in other communities where there's much more rural transportation uh, needs, you're not going to replace the car. Mm -hmm. uh, not yet, at least. And maybe down the road, when autonomous cars really bring down the price of transportation, people can evaluate getting rid of the car. Uh, but People still need the car for groceries, for right. shopping. Yeah. They need it for getting to the kids to soccer practice. And that just becomes too expensive of a, uh, of a daily, a weekly endeavor to think you're going to commit that much resources of your finances to, you know, and reliability for the service to pick you up at a specific time and drop you off at a specific time. It's not there yet, but it probably could be there in another 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. So to go back and answer your question, Certain markets right now, it makes complete sense. In other markets, not yet. It uh, doesn't mean it won't get there in the future. Uh, but it all depends on what your, you know, the average ownership of a car in America right now, including insurance, maintenance, gasoline, lease, and or payment, uh, you know, ownership uh, payment of a car that you might be financing is roughly around $750 a month. Okay. There's many markets where getting rid of the car and saving that money and turning it around into uh, Rideshare is actually saving people money. Uh, in other markets, it's that cost uh, effectiveness is not there yet. Right. Okay. Um, what characterizes a rideshare? What's the biggest market right now? Who's using it? Who's benefiting most from this technology? Uh, in terms of demographics, it's definitely the millennial generation, mm -hmm. uh, even in the urban uh, areas, uh, New York and Chicago, San Francisco more of your concrete tilt-ups where parking a car or owning a car is extremely high uh, value to the individual consumers. Right. Insurances are particularly higher in the, the stand, you know, the, the concrete tilt-up cities. Uh, so those are your, your urban centers that are experiencing the biggest shift right now, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, other cities are, are grasping it and coming onto the concept and people are contemplating that, that switch. But it is the millennial generation that, you know, they, they had a tougher time in the early two, the 2000s coming out of college, securing a job, the financial downturn. A lot of them were living at home still with their parents, having a hard time making ends meet, and having a car ownership was a huge cost to them. Mm -hmm. So along comes the rideshare industry and provides them that mode of transportation when they are already in the mindset of not owning a car. Mm -hmm. So it was a perfect fit for a generational shift. And we're also seeing that trend now with being referred to as the generation behind them, which I've heard, I don't know if it's 
official, but that we're being referred to as Generation Z. Those are the ones that are 18 to 22 years old right now that are right. just uh, contemplating college or getting out of college. Okay. Uh, they are in the same same boat yeah. with the millennials. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as far as, uh, let's get more into to Whipster. Um, mm-hmm. What role is then Whipster playing within the ride sharing? You mentioned that it's aggregating basically, but I also see, I mean, technically the taxi industry can also be happy with your product as well. Or is that, did I understand that correctly? That is, that is true. Uh, a lot of the, uh, there, there's a handful, not a lot. There are a handful of taxi cab companies mm-hmm. that are seeing the writing on the wall and they have the resources to morph themselves to becoming more like Uber, or more like Lyft. So they're t- taking their nationwide fleet of taxi cars and they are turning them into Uber-esque rideshare and moving away from the traditional uh, taxi cab uh, fare, uh, meter-based fares. And But there's also probably... I, I several dozen national companies that are struggling to find a way to morph themselves or they are simply fighting the shift. Mm-hmm. And there are also dozens and dozens more of local or regional taxi cabs that simply don't have the finances or resources to compete. So what Whipster is able to do is one of the products that we have that's already listed in our app is we feature those, those taxi cab companies from all over the country. Mm-hmm. And we're getting ready to unroll a new feature that is going to allow a lot of these taxi cabs, uh, as well as more uh, smaller uh, type vendors like black car services, limo services, uh, to get into uh, back, kind of get their foot back into the game. And we're going to be offering a service that's going to allow them to uh, advertise their services or list their services more appropriately within Whipster. And we're, we will be able to connect the consumer to all their rideshare options, legacy taxi, black car services, your more traditional mom and pop, uh, uh, you, know, you know, limo services or whatnot, right. town car services that exist in smaller markets and get them uh, entry back into the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it is a platform that is all inclusive. It is not just looking at the rideshares, but it's also providing the technology and the resources to some of these smaller companies to, you know, essentially get back in the game. Mm-hmm. And um, including the public transit sector, because you had mentioned uh, public transportation as well. I mean, do you that see... That is correct, yeah. Do you see them... So uh, it's not just a... Uh, sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to ask, I mean, if, if they aren't making a move like this, do you see that service going out of, sur- uh, out of business someday? I mean... What, pub- public transportation specifically? Yeah. No, public transportation, I think, is itself is, is having to morph as well. Okay. And it's evolving in new directions. And where that unfolds is yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, a lot of municipalities, a lot of cities are embracing the change. They're understanding it is coming. They tried to fight Uber and Lyft to yeah. keep them out of their markets. And they lost in a lot of lawsuits. And eventually, a lot of them just gave up on the lawsuits. And they realized that instead of fighting the change, they are now trying to embrace that change. So they are welcoming rideshares into their communities more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are also seeing it as an opportunity to reevaluate their existing systems and how they can change, how they can incorporate the technology to be more accessible and more diverse to provide better opportunities for transportation to their constituents, their citizens that are paying them the taxes right. to develop these solutions. Mm-hmm. So they are morphing. It's just, we, it'll be a, a while longer until we see how it all plays out in, in that regard. Uh, but yes, 
you will find those transportation options as they currently exist and as they morph over time. They are currently listed in Whipster. Mm-hmm. One of those transportation options is bike shares. So if you're visiting a city and you want to just get out on a bike for the day to kind of go tour around a place that you, you know, you're there for an extended weekend or maybe as a business traveler, we, we list 85 different bike share companies across the country. And so you can quickly find out where a hub station is to go pick up a bike, go from point A to point B. And also we tell you where the nearest drop-off location as well, who the vendors are in that location. Uh, so we are, yeah, ride share is what we're going to be known for, but we do provide all ground transportation options aggregated mm-hmm. into one platform. Okay. And, um, you, there's, uh, you'd mentioned a, a comparison like with Travelocity or these travel platforms that aggregate Expedia, mm-hmm. Travelocity, Orbitz, all of those. Do you have currently competitors in the space that are doing the same thing? Is there room for as many as these aggregators are for travel in the car sharing space as well? There is room. There will be plenty of room. Mm-hmm. And there'll probably, there are competitors that are up and coming. Whipster is definitely much further ahead of the game than any of the other vendors that are up and coming. Most of those under other vendors right now feature Uber and Lyft only. A handful of others uh, feature more ride shares, but no other uh, ride share aggregation platform incorporates the bike shares and the ground uh, and public transportation options as Whipster does. So that puts us well ahead of the curve in terms of the, the sheer volume or amount of ride shares that we offer nationally as mm-hmm. well as taxi cabs. But also, we're, we're ahead of the game when it comes to the, the other transportation options. They will be, there will be others, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there will be uh, multiple, just like the travel industry has demonstrated. You could have you know, 14, 15 right. plus different major travel uh, for airlines, hotel, and, and car rental companies out there, all competing with one another, all with dedicated user bases, and all of them are successful. So we anticipate uh, pretty big competitors out there, uh, but it's the, it, the way the ride industry is rapidly gaining traction and evolving and expanding, there's going to be plenty of business for everybody. Okay. And I understood correctly, your services uh, in the app are available across the U.S. in all major cities? Correct. Uh, okay. We are offer, we Our platform is uh, operational on, on both Android and iPhone currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's just, we do have plans for maybe expanding to different phone platforms down the road, but that's mm-hmm. not a priority at the moment. And our product is operational in over 400 markets across the U.S. and North America and Canada. Okay. Um, maybe what what has been one of your biggest hurdles so far in getting Whipster established in the ride-sharing space? Educating people yeah. about the ride-share yeah. is probably the, the biggest hurdle that we've dealt with. Most people are unaware of the fact that there are over 40 ride-shares in the country now yeah. and across the U.S., most people are astounded when they hear that probably the single biggest response we get from anybody that we speak with, business minds, uh, business commuters, uh, media people that we talk to, is yeah. just sharing with them that there are over 40 rideshare vendors. They, their eyes kind of widen us like saucers, <laughs> and they, wow, I had no idea there was anything beyond Uber and Lyft. Right. That is probably the biggest response we get, which re- makes us realize that part of our responsibility as a platform is to help educate the consumers and educate uh, you know the industry that there are more options out there than just the two. And those other options, quite oftenly, they exist mostly in only one or two markets right now. 
So, you know, company X might exist in San Diego, company Y might exist up in Seattle, and they mm-hmm. are the third option in those cities beyond Uber and Lyft. Right. Quite often, those other options come at a lower price than Uber and Lyft. So by having them all compared in one view in one app, that gives the consumer the ability to save money, especially when Uber and Lyft are surging. If Uber right. and Lyft are surging at 2x or 3x the normal rate, you're going to see that in our app and be able to know that a taxi cab that might otherwise be more expensive than a traditional Uber or Lyft, you're going to take the taxi cab that you've forgotten about because you no longer pay attention or want to take a taxi. But coming out of a game or a concert and you see a, uh, all the rides are now surging at three to four times the value of what they normally are, suddenly that taxi cab at half the cost looks uh, kind of a bit more appealing to consumers. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I, it's also probably very um, attractive for those smaller fish on the market um, to have their name next to those um, Uber and Lyft options. Uh, it's probably in many ways, you're correct. In many yeah. ways, it levels the playing field and yeah. gets some exposure to the consumers who otherwise would not know about exactly. the service. Yeah. And that exposure, uh, brand awareness, uh, possibly creating loyalty, the chance to advertise their services at 20% off or 30% cheaper than the standard Lyft or Uber. And they, when they are compared against that in, in that way, they tend to get a lot more business as a result. Yep. And the yep. consumer's happy because quite often you hear a lot of the negative stories. You mentioned earlier there's positive stories and negative stories right. out there. And some of those negative stories that don't favor Uber or Lyft, and it just kind of leaves the customer wanting for a third option. Mm-hmm. And Uber presents that third option in a consolidated view and gives that consumer a chance to breathe again and think they are not just stuck with the two options they might not be happy with. Yeah. yeah. Um, a real quick detour. There's a lot of ideas out there. You said your idea came about in a conversation with some buddies um, as you pulled up multiple apps. Wouldn't it be cool if that happens a lot? Um, a lot of these ideas are never executed upon, but you're executing right now. And my question, uh, what did it take uh, to get your app online? What did it take to, to push you to actually go dive in and take this road of, of entrepreneurship? Well, I think there's, there's, it's a threefold answer in mm-hmm. short. One is, first off, just because you have an idea for an app doesn't mean it's a business model. Mm-hmm. It does yeah. not mean it's a service that people are going to want. It might be a neat thing to work on, might be cool, but if you do not have a product that serves a need in today's app world where there are literally millions of apps, yeah. you are going to get lost in the sea of apps unless you are really providing a service that is of value to the individuals downloading the app. Right. Uh, so the first thing before diving into building your app yeah. is determining whether or not you have a real business model. Mm-hmm. Whether you have a real foundation, whether it's going to generate revenue or provide a service or a convenience to consumers, you really need to analyze and understand that market before investing the time and or money into developing the app. When it comes to developing the app, you better have a good handle on understanding technology, outsourcing your product overseas or to another company to build your product does not give you command and control over the direction of the, of the, the product that you want to, to build. You don't know how to answer the right questions. You don't know how to force forecast the ability to design your app the way a consumer is going to need to want to interface with it. Yeah. So there's a, there's, a, there's a design perspective, and then there's just a sheer technical perspective behind it. And if you are going to outsource that, you better come to the table with a decent amount of money because it's not inexpensive <laughs> to design an app. These right. days. You have you have many native platforms you have to cater to. 
uh, or if you're going a hybrid method, progressive app method, you still have to have a lot of in-house technical knowledge to navigate that very untamed world of IT that is still very kind of haphazard in, in terms of development. It's not as rigid as your native environment, but it causes you to have to learn more technology in order to develop for those hybrid uh, platforms. Right. Okay. Some excellent tips there. Um, thanks for those. I like closing out these interviews um, with a look into the future. Um, and of mm -hmm. course, it'd be most, you talked a little bit about autonomous already, how that could be shaped in the future. Um, how do you see otherwise the rideshare market developing in the coming years? I see, I eventually see probably in the next five to 10 years, the taxi cabs as we know them will probably be gone. Mm -hmm. Rideshare will be the, the standard of transportation, ground transportation. Mm -hmm. I see rideshare impacting the car rental service. But I also see, uh, which is going to impact car you know, car ownership as well. And we talked, we touched on that subject. Right. These, we're, we're we're the first generation seeing uh, transportation morph. Yeah. So in the next fifteen to even as many as thirty years, what we see today is rideshare is going to be. It's going to be black and white from where it's going to be in 30 years from now. Okay. Uh, it's hard to predict what that is going to look like. As I said, the industry is just a few years old. It is exploding, and it's still there's still a lot of dust up in the air. Uh, and there's multiple companies taking it in different directions. We'll just have to wait and see where it, where it shakes out. Perfect. Well, Russell, thank you so much for your time and for all the insights on this exciting market, uh, the tech behind it. Um, and I wish you uh, all the best with your endeavors with uh, Whipster. And um, yeah, we'll have a link to the site on our episode page so people can uh, okay. click on it and uh, yeah, check out the app. Um, but yeah, thanks for your time. Well, I appreciate, again, you having me on your show. And uh, for anybody who's listening, you can find us at WhipsterApp.com or you could to download our app or you can find us on the uh, iPhone or the Android uh, app stores under Whipster, W-H-I-P-S-T-E-R. Great. Thank you, Russell. All right, David. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That wraps up Episode 7 of Buzz IT Talk. If you have any questions for Russell, feel free to comment on our episode page at buzzittalk.com or reach out on any of our social media platforms we have listed on the site. And I also included um, various links like uh, to Russell's LinkedIn profile, his product page, um, just in case you are interested in reaching out. Again, this can all be found at buzzittalk.com. If you are interested in sharing your insights on one of the many tech buzzwords, feel free to contact me at buzzittalk at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in.